All right, Tommy, you're the oldest. I'm counting on you. Come on. She's got eyes of the blue skies. Tom, it's Two Cents Podcast here coming at you live this Tuesday morning. It is good to be back in the saddle again for episode 22. Thanks for listening, however you may be listening. We appreciate you over here at Tommy's Two Cents Podcast. You remember, summer's coming. Rise and grind nutrition. Get your shake, aloe bomb, and tea. All for $8 over at Rise and Grind Nutrition. Tell them that Tommy Two Cents since you're over there. Appreciate it. Appreciate what they're doing. Like, I, like we always say... Great product, but even better people. And that's what we're about here at Tommy's Two Cents Podcast. All right, a lot of things have happened. You know, last week's podcast, we kind of talked about uh, the potential uh, NBA conspiracy or new one that we can start spinning. I was trying to be on the face of it. And almost, it got pretty close to it, being that the, the last four teams for the lottery balls included the Lakers. And I thought that if the Lakers were to get the first pick, uh, conspiracies would be crazy because Zion will be going to the Lakers and all those other things. So a lot of people are upset because they're thinking, okay, you know what, the NBA, maybe they lost last, they lost last week or last Tuesday when the NBA draft lottery came out, that they lost and everyone was worried about it. They're like, you know what, this is bad for the league. But in a real sense, it's good for the small markets because you, the small markets need to succeed and we need them. So it ended up being the Pelicans got the first pick, Memphis gets the second the third is the Knicks, and the fourth is the Lakers. The Lakers, I would be counting their blessings. They were shaped up to be the 11th overall pick. They had a 2% chance, and now they got the fourth one. The problem is, and the problem is this, is that there's only three players in this draft that are going to be all-stars in this league or change a franchise. Everyone else is just a crapshoot from then on. Okay, The drop-off from number three to four is dramatic. It is that bad. From the drop-off from three to four. So obviously we all know it's going to go Zion, Ja, and then it's going to go RJ, right? The thing is, so a lot of people, and then all the, everyone got upset because the Pelicans got it, not the Knicks and not the Lakers. So you're like, what the hell, man? Are you serious? People got upset at that because Zion's going to the Pelicans. And then, you know, that's smoothie arena. And he's just going to be like, okay, we're not going to hear Zion ever again. No, 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 no. We'll be chilling. Okay, now let me throw out some potential things that could transpire. Okay, starting off, we got the Pelicans, and AD has said that he does not want to stay in New Orleans. Even after them getting the first pick, that David Griffith is trying to talk to him, say, hey man, stick around, stick around. You know, he's trying to sell it to him. But the thing is, with my problem with that is, is AD obviously has shown that he wants to win and compete for an NBA championship. And as fun as teaming up with Zion, Drew Holiday, and himself, you guys would be a great fourth, fifth seed, but if you're trying to put all your eggs in one basket with Zion, I think he's just going to take over the league, and you guys will be running mates and all this other stuff, and you guys are going to win the finals. Uh, I think you got another thing coming. Have you seen how the league's going? It's point guard, shooting guard driven. It's a lot of ball rotations, and that's threes. Does Zion shoot threes like that? No. AD? No. So take it easy. AD wants to be that... That rim protector, the lob, the dunks. He's obviously a top five player when he's healthy in this league. MVP type player. The problem is, is that sometimes he's not as healthy. And he's already shown that he doesn't want to go back to the Pelicans. I think this is my number one thing, okay? I think if the Pelicans, I don't think they want to give up. I don't think they want to give LeBron James anything he wants. Especially Lakers. Especially the shit show going down in LA currently. I don't think anyone wants that. And I think the Pelicans don't want to give him, give up Anthony Davis for the fourth overall pick. 
and maybe Lonzo or someone else. I don't think they want to do that. I think the Pelicans are looking at the Knicks and being like, hey, we'll trade you Anthony Davis for your third overall pick, and now we got the Dukies running the Pelicans. You got Zion and you got RJ. And like I said, that isn't going to change the league, but that's going to give you something to watch for. You know, these two guys from Duke, and then they're going to have that swagger back and all sorts of things. Whatever. That's my first prediction, because I believe AD will be going to the Knicks, okay? And the Knicks must have some high hopes, some high insight, some inside news on something in order for, for because a lot of the rumors is, is that sign, seal, deliver, KD is going to New York, the Knicks, and that he's ca- already calling other superstars here for agents. So I think they're going to try to throw all their eggs in one basket, get Anthony Davis over there, trade the third overall pick, maybe give him Kevin Knox, and then boom, bada bait. That's the Knicks. Okay, then you got Memphis, okay? Now you got Memphis with the second overall pick. A lot of people think it's going to be John Morant out of Murray State. I think it is too. The problem is there is that they have this lifelong guy who signed a fat contract about two to three years ago, I want to say, in Mike Conley. Mike Conley has proven that he's an all-star. He can finish with both hands. He's very good kind of player. And then it's like, okay, well, now we got John Morant. So I'll be thinking that Mike Conley will be finding his way out of Memphis very soon. A very good guard. So keep your eye on Mike Conley in terms of the trade value here. Because very much so is that the Lakers could be looking at a Mike Conley. I wouldn't rule it out. But I, I'm just saying for their fourth overall pick, why wouldn't Memphis give up you know, Mike Conley for fourth, maybe something else later round picks or something. Because, like I said, you're not going to get anyone better than Mike Conley with the fourth overall pick, especially someone who's been a proven all-star and things of that nature. But, and then like I said, if the Knicks give away that third pick for AD, I think that's respectful. And then they get RJ, and the Knicks get AD, and everyone's happy except the Lakers. Now, the Lakers, in terms of this draft, I'm predicting that Lonzo Ball gets traded. I think his time's up in L.A., and I think he also knows that. I've been hearing rumors that he's going to go to the Chicago for the seventh overall pick. I don't know what the Lakers are specifically trying to do here. Are you trying to load up on picks and then try to ship out to give to the Pelicans? Is that your idea? If you have the fourth and seventh pick, you can give that up for AD and maybe, um, who else? And you're ready to give Lonzo to Chicago. So what, you give up like an, an, a Kuzma, an Ingram, you know? And then you have AD, and then you got to sign someone else who's coming over with you. See, the Lakers, especially now with you know Magic Johnson having to save his brand by coming on first take and saying that you know he got backstabbed by by Rob Pelinka over there and the management in terms of the Lakers, and then Bus, you know, now saying that she's hurt by what Magic had to say, and Pelinka's now hurt what Magic had to say, and all sort of stuff. So it's like, who the hell is running the Lakers? You then you get a head coach in Vogel, and then you get the you get Jason Kidd as an assistant. And he's only signed for, I mean, the Vogel's only signed for three years, and then you have Jason Kidd. So they're thinking that Jason Kidd's just going to take over L.A. as soon as Vogel's contract is up. And then uh, in three years, Giannis will, be a, Giannis will be a free agent, and then they think they're this because of the combo that Kidd and him did over in Milwaukee, that Giannis will be a Laker. Like, what the hell, man? Who, who are, who's writing these reports? And who's just trying to think that the Lakers are just the, the go-to team to go to and, you know, the bright lights and everything else? No, it's a team that's, you know, 15 minutes away from. It's right next door to you. It's the L.A. Clippers. That's what people want to play for, something that has structure to it, not this little crapshoot. I feel so bad for LeBron because he came in not knowing that this would be to happen. We all knew that the Luke Walton would get fired because, you know, they won't bond well and everything else. They didn't even talk until the start of the season, this and that. He wasn't even in on the meetings when LeBron was getting negotiated and all those other things. And then Magic dips. 
then they fire the coaching staff, and they get hired two former head coaches. So it's going to be weird there. And then you have all these assets of these trade value guys that you try to get rid of during the midseason, all these young guys, and they don't go. So now the locker room's messed up, and then you're on HBO every other night. Like, what the hell, man? What is going on with the Lakers? Like, what's your plan? And I'm telling you, I don't think I don't know what they think they're trying to get to get in this offseason. If LeBron is really begging Kyrie to come be his running mate in LA, potentially I could see that. I could see Kyrie knowing that he's not a Batman, he's more of a Robin. And then uh, LeBron recruits him over there. No, but I think they're gonna strike out on all of that. I think they're gonna get Jimmy Butler potentially and Kimba Walker, and they're gonna say, let's go. And if they don't get AD, I is a quick three to four years for LeBron James in L.A. I don't know what they're going to do. And I believe that the Lakers are somewhat scared that they're going to cause so they're going to trade so much people and all these other assets that they have just to try to save these three seasons. And then once LeBron retires, once he's done with L.A., what the hell are the Lakers going to be if they if they barely sign some tier two uh, max players? not the ones that they really wanted, or they give up a lot for AD, and then they can't build for the future when LeBron's gone. It's a crazy mess right now. And he, LeBron signed his contract perfectly enough for his son to be eligible for the draft as soon as he's a free agent, so we can kind of see the writing in the walls with that one. But let's move on from teams that don't even, aren't even relevant in the playoffs. Okay, we talked about the Lakers' problems. We got the draft order. The conspiracies are officially shut down. The smaller market teams won again. Zion, a lot of you know, a lot of speculation that he could he hasn't even signed an agent, he's gonna return back to Duke or just playing the Olympic team. That was put to bed when his stepdad came on and said no, that was that's never been spoken of. You know, like I said, it's like, dude, this is what ever the everyone complained about him coming I mean, playing for Duke when he got hurt, like playing again as soon as he, you know, got hurt in that Carolina game, everyone was like, dude, don't save it for the NBA. Save it, save it, don't, you know, shut it down. And then he comes back and he, you know, obviously he comes back and tears it up in college again in the NCAA tournament. Now everyone's back on the bandwagon, and then now he's a potential first overall pick. Obviously, he's a shoe in for the, and the, but the Pelicans get the first overall pick, and that people don't like that. Now they're like, oh, you know, I go back to Duke. Oh, well, what if he gets hurt in Duke again? Like it's the same people who are telling him now not to take the money, or the same people who told him not to play again uh, as soon as he got hurt against North Carolina. You know, pick a side, for Christ's sakes. You know, you're the first overall pick. You're going to make a shit ton of money no matter where you go. Let's try to win games now. Okay? Then we talked about the potential RJ and Zion pairing. You can kind of see that if the potential that the Pelicans trade him to the uh, trade AD to the Knicks for the third overall pick, maybe a Kevin Knox in the mix. It's a three-person draft. I think we all know that. There's a drop from three to four. I think it's pretty bad. Not saying that there's not many good players in this draft, but just saying that it's hard. It's going to be a crapshoot, and teams are just going to be like, yeah, I think he's going to be good, and kind of just point your finger and kind of close your eyes and just hope for the best. But the first three are no doubts. Now let's get into the topic of the first series that ended late last night, the Western Conference Finals, as the Warriors swept the Portland Trailblazers. You really hate to see what happened last night in terms of the Blazers losing yet another lead to the old Warriors. You know, in three games, they were up by plus 15 going into the halftime sometimes. Or throughout the game, they were up by double digits in three games and blowing the lead. I mean, you really hate to see it. We all thought, you know, that if the Lillard can cancel out Steph, 
and CJ can cancel out Clay. Then it'll just be a crapshoot, and then we'll have ourselves a game. But that didn't seem to happen. It seemed like the Blazer backcourt did not come to play in four games. You know, Dame was really loose with the ball. I seemed like they were sending two at him every time. But you got to figure it out. Someone else has to be open. Someone else has to step up. I understand. But he was real loose with his passes. Shot the ball poorly ever since game seven of, of Denver. But, you know, no one holds him to it. And that's what makes me upset. I love Dame. It's hard to hate Dame. It's hard to hate CJ. It's hard to hate Portland. But, you know, I got pretty upset because Russell Westbrook, and I'm a fan of Russell Westbrook, but I'm also a fan of Damian Lillard. And I'm not over here trying to say that Damian is a worse shooter than Russell Westbrook, but if Russell Westbrook goes out, rolls out a triple-double but shoots poorly, you know, everyone shits on him just because of his style of his play and everything else, and then, you know, he's the reason. He's the reason why they lost. He's the reason. And then Dame comes out and shits the bed a couple times, but he's loose with the ball, doesn't make shots that he usually makes. Shoots poorly, but he has you know a decent amount of rebounds one game. He has a decent amount of assists one game, and then but no one wants to give him shit for it. No one wants to come at Dame and say, Dame, you you shrunk, you shrunk when the lights were bright. No one wants to say that you're from Oakland now. You're playing Golden State like you should be up to the task, but you weren't. But no one even said anything. No one has even said anything about Dame because they like Dame, they respect him, and he was he's a hard guy to go at. But Russell Westbrook, goddamn, the floodgates were open after that first series where, where Dame played unreal. Dame played unreal. You know, hits a, hits a game winner against Paul, you know? Everything comes back around, you know? But, like, does it take for someone to talk shit about Dame time for you to then, you know, step up and then play play your role? Like, come on, man. But I was upset at how, no, how he got no heat for the way he was playing. And granted... His team went from last year to being swept by the Pelicans to now being into the Western Conference Finals. Plays a tough Game 7 uh, series against the Nuggets. You know, beats the beats the brakes off uh, the Thunder. Respect. I like Dane. He's a baller. He's a hooper. Top 5 point guard for sure. No arguments about it. No ants, or buts. But I did not like how no one came at him for the style and lackadaisical that he played on some possessions of being very loose and careless with the ball which led to more possessions to the Golden State Warriors. And another thing I like to talk about, hey, all you haters on my boy Draymond. And I say my boy because if you really know me, you know that Draymond's on my starting five every single time. It's I don't like always like his antics. I don't really like him yelling and chirping at the refs. I don't, I don't like that either. It's a bad look. But if you're all off the ball, that guy's going 100 miles per hour. He's going to bust his ass on both ends. He's going to try. He knows his limitations he knows he can't really shoot well but what does he do in rhythm corner shot bang against Portland last night that's what I'm saying he is the heart and soul to this team and people underestimated that and then who is the one who called out Kevin Durant earlier in the season who called him a bitch we won without you blah 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 all this and that caused all this you know drama inside the locker room gets suspended a game this and that but at the end of the day, when Kevin Durant went down, he was like, all right, I'm going to show y'all what we can do without Kevin. I'm going to show you guys that we we still are that 73-win team, you know, who won the NBA title. Without you, Kevin, I'm going to show you. But then when I get into the press conference, I'm going to be smart, and I'm going to say, damn, we really need Kev. We really need Kev. This and that. When We need Boogie now. But the back of Draymond's mind, he's saying, yeah, we steal, the, we steal them boys, you know. We, we chilling. We're chilling once you leave. Because everyone knows you're out of here, Kev. 
Everyone knows that. And I just want you to know that I, that we are the still that 73-team win team, and we don't really need you. I mean, the percentages are crazy. It's saying, you know, 13% more passes on each possession, 5% like less ISO plays. This and that, you know, the ball is barely being dribbled. It's a lot of passing, screening. I mean, these guys, Clay and Steph, are in tremendous shape. And all these other kind of nobodies, because Iguodala didn't play last night, McKinney comes up big. Rebounds over Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard puts your ass in the guy and push him out, man. But he got out-rebounded. And then some of the matchups I just didn't understand. You had CJ guarding Draymond on one play and guarding a, you know, a post. And then uh, Lillard, they try to shape, uh, shy him away and put Rodney Hood all up on Steph's grill. And then he guards a much bigger guy and then he gets out-rebounded. I'm like, Portland, that's on you. Who, who made those matchups, you know? So that, you know... That was upsetting, but I think we have to all put respect on Draymond. You know, the guy who shoots with a backpack on, it looks like. But, man, was he good. The MVP of this series. You know, obviously, Steph's putting up like 35 a game, shooting very well, even though he got doubted from last series because he dislocated his finger, didn't shoot that well. Everyone's like, oh, Steph's falling off, this and that. He's not playing up. He always shrinks and blah, 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 blah. And then he comes up and he shuts you guys up. And then when you, everyone thinks that Draymond sucks, he comes up, shuts you guys up, almost averages a triple-double in this in this Western Conference Finals, beats up on Portland 4-0 without Kevin. And now people are thinking, okay, do the Warriors even need Kevin? Obviously, they're like now considered unbeatable with Kevin on the floor. Even with Boogie on the floor, it's like, how the hell? Just like Draymond said, he's like, you're going to scratch your head because it's going to be really hard to beat us. But it's a much... Fun, more fun way of watching basketball on TV is what the Warriors are playing. A lot of ball movement. People are, everyone's touching the ball. Cool passes, passes that are right in the pocket, this and that. Shots that are hard shots that they're just drilling. I mean, it's a fun way of watching basketball rather than kick it out to Kev, watch him do some ISO, and then him raise up. Kevin, obviously, probably the top scorer in the game when it comes down to it. But now the Warriors are proving that we're going to be all right when Kevin leaves. And we said this in earlier podcasts. I was quoted on that um, Kevin Durant once ruined the league by going over to Golden State. Golden State, you know, just came off a finals loss against Cleveland. Draymond Green is the one calling in the parking lot saying, we need you to come here. He comes, you know, the rest of the story, back-to-back finals MVP. But basketball itself has sucked because the, it's so, you know, there's no, there's no, what is it called? Uh, like, there's just the basketball competitiveness is so down. And we all thought that this was the Rockets' year. And then once uh, Kevin Durant goes down, then it's like, oh, Rockets have to win Game 6. And they end up not winning Game 6. And now they're making it to a Game 7. And that's all she wrote. So now Kevin Durant, we have to get his ass to the East, which is hopefully the Knicks. And then the NBA, all the ratings will be much higher. You know, it's not watered down from the top. So we're chilling. We're chilling. So we need Kevin to leave, and then the Rockets have a chance. Because if Kevin Durant stays, and they kind of keep everyone but Boogie, it's the Rockets have to do something else. Because the Rockets aren't going to beat him. No one else in the West is going to beat him. And then the East, especially if Kawhi goes somewhere, to, if Kawhi goes to the West, we're just going to see the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals each and every year. Each and every year. So we need Kevin to go out East. But, I mean, a good series. It was a fun series to watch because, you know, the talent level is there. How about Myers-Leonard last night and the game before? 
I mean, he had 25 headed into the halftime last night, and then he had maybe three more buckets. He had a sweet dunk, a little jumper, and then I think another dunk. So it was, I thought that, you know, for someone who has 25 and you only gave me six points in the in the second half, it's like, yeah, okay. I think we should have gave him the ball a little bit more, see if this shit was just magic, luck, whatever you want to call it, or he's actually feeling himself that night. But it was crazy. And now the Blazers are going to be set with him because I think his contract's coming up. And then now are they going to sign Myers to this when they have a four-man, big-man rotation? Name another team with that. Okay, especially if once Nurkic comes back or Nurkic comes back who uh, got injured in the season. And then they have Cantor, I think, on a one-year. And then they have that Collins Youngin. Like, they have a big-man rotation, which then again, I thought they could capitalize on the Warriors, especially when them playing small and Jordan Bell's in the post, we can take advantage of Jordan Bell. We can take advantage of Jordan Bell. They did not. You could take advantage of the lesser, you know, the less athletic Andrew Bogut. We could take advantage of that, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't try to use him in the pick and roll. They tried to just outshoot Golden State. And you know what happens when you try to outshoot Golden State? It doesn't work out for you because you can't outshoot the Splash Bros. I don't like all the you know, the disrespectful talk and calling them the crash bros or the trash bros in, in, ter- in regard to Damian and CJ because that's just disrespectful because obviously those guys are the second best backcourt. And I was talking to some buds last night about it because they were thinking that there was some other person who was better than those two. And I was like, well, pump the brakes. And they couldn't name another name. The closest one is Chris and James Harden. And I think James Harden holds a lot of water to his name, but Chris Paul doesn't. But I believe that CJ and Dame are better backcourt. Second best backcourt, but it was fun to watch. Good series, competitive. Good to see Portland basketball back. I'm not really sure where Portland goes from here. Like I said, we need Kev to leave, and I think they'll figure their shit out. I think they got to know that they were a much bigger team. They didn't use that to their advantage last night, as we can see. So that was the first round, so we all know. I don't know if it's a surprise to anyone, but the Warriors are in the NBA Finals for the fifth straight year since, like, the 1960 Celtics. So whoop a dee doo 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 Okay? Now we're going to shift on over to the Eastern Conference Finals where we got the Bucks and Kawhi. I mean, the Raptors are more like, no, actually, I meant that. More like just Kawhi versus the Bucks. And we're going to see if the Bucks can get it done. It is game five tonight, 2-1 lead for the Bucks, and we'll get right into that. Like we mentioned earlier, 2-1 lead Milwaukee Bucks over the Toronto Raptors and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi put in logged 52 minutes the other game in the victory against the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 3, which I think is what will affect tonight's outcome. I think that the Raptors are going to be a little sluggish, especially if Kawhi can't get going early. And I think we got a route on our hands. I believe Giannis, especially with him getting fouled out, not playing up to his level. When Kawhi guards him, he, he has a tough time scoring just like anybody else because Kawhi is an elite defender. But I think Giannis and the boys get it done tonight in game four against um, against the Raptors. I, I don't think the Raptors have enough firepower, man. I don't because if Kawhi's not getting going, I don't know where else they're getting – their offense from us, uh, what was that guy's name? Sakim is uh, playing out of his mind, was super ultra aggressive at times. 
and last night, but they really do need more scores on the court, especially with Gasol hitting threes now. They, I mean, they played the best basketball that they could, made it the double overtime. Giannis gets fouled out, you know, and then the story is untold. But I will tell you this, that the Raptors are interesting because they're hanging on and they're just wait, praying that they make it to the finals so they have a selling piece to Kawhi Leonard in terms of him being become a free agent next season. And I don't think there's any chance Kawhi stays up north. I think he looks around and says, man, I'm going to have to do this every single night. I don't have another guy who's a... Uh, uh, all-star not I mean Lowry just doesn't show up and he's not enough for me and I don't think he's enough for Kawhi himself because when Kawhi is like man is there anyone else that can get a bucket on his own and I don't think there's anyone for the Raptors that can get their bucket on their own at a consistent pace at a consistent game but so I think he's off to the Clippers not the Lakers the Clippers I think Kawhi will go there and someone else will follow, hopefully, maybe a tier two kind of point guard because they got a bunch of dogs there playing defense. So I don't think Kawhi, I don't know if Kawhi exactly what kind of what he's looking for. His personality has been shown, you know, he's a new balance guy, you know, but I think the Clippers is a good spot. He has a home over there. He's from California. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I don't think the Raptors have much leverage unless they make it to the NBA Finals. They can be like, man, we made it. You know, you want to consistently, let's build something here in Toronto. We'll figure it out because their owner is all in, you know. Their owner is all in, has been in, and this team has shown that they can win games now. They beat Milwaukee, and if they can beat Milwaukee, they have, a, they have a leg on the table, man. They have a leg on the table in terms of the leverage they can have with their team. That being said, I think in terms of the NBA, I think we need the Bucks to make it. I do, I do. I think Giannis, more people are starting to catch notice of his greatness. I think they have a more complete team because I'm just picturing right now the Raptors going up the Oracle in game one and being like, what the hell? And seeing a blowout because I don't think they have the perimeter defense to guard each and everybody. Kawhi, yeah, he can go and guard Kevin Durant. I'm cool with that. But I don't think Lowry can keep up. Fred Fran Vliet hasn't kept up. Danny Green's on his last tire. It'll be tough to see, man, especially with the way Draymond's playing. It'll be tough to see Toronto to go and play it. That being said, I believe that the Bucks have a much better chance of beating them. They they played Golden State very well uh, this past season, even though it was a regular season still, though. But Giannis is going to be a problem to guard. I think Draymond will then pick him up, or Kevin. Um, and then you have Chris Middleton, then you have Eric Bledsoe, and then you have that bench depth. Brooke Lopez hits threes, Miracic, they, they gun those threes each and every time. Brogdon's starting to play well. I think they have much more of a complete team than the Raptors do, so I think they, uh, the Bucks get it done in six. I think they'll win the next two games, and that's all she wrote. I mean, next um, game five, my bad. Uh, in game five, I think they get it done, 4-1 victory against the Bucks, and then we have the Bucks and the Warriors for the NBA championship. And I think this is a great time to pass the torch, as in, you know, who's, especially if we see Kevin and Giannis on the court at the same time. Either way, it's we're not going to lose that much if, if it's Kawhi and Kevin, you know, see who's passing the torch, see who LeBron's putting it down to. Giannis is very motivated. He has no bullshitting around. I think he'll be extremely motivated. I think they'll get it done against Kawhi and the Raptors. Go up against Oracle and make it at least a series of interest. It's going to be hard, like I said, especially if Kevin and Boogie are both back. They have a nine-day rest right now. It's going to be really hard to bet against the Warriors for the NBA Finals. But like I said, we need Giannis. We need Giannis to see what he can do. 
in terms of the biggest stage against the best team and see what he can do and just see if he's ready to take that torch, you know, and being the best for the next 15 years, you know. But I will say um, in, in terms of predictions-wise, I think that series could go 4-2. I think 4-2 in terms of the Warriors and the Bucks. like I said, they have a nine-day rest. Kevin Durant, is he going to play in game one or are they going to keep riding with this? He doesn't want to mess the chemistry. This and yada yada, you still need the best player on the planet, which he is currently. And I think the Warriors will get it done. 4 2 is my early prediction, especially if the whole team plays. Even Boogie Cousins is uh, potentially playing in this NBA Finals, which is going to be t- just a t- another tough matchup. Now, we're not worried about him on the defense end, but in terms of the offense end, I think we all have to consider. You know, Boogie Cousins, a you know, a top elite scorer, especially at his position. So like I said, Warriors, Bucks, 4-2, Warriors take it home for yet another time. And then we can hope and pray that Kevin Durant saves the league just because he ruined the league. But that's my prediction. Bucks get it done, 4-2. I mean, a 4-1 against the Raptors and then 4-2 over there in Oracle, the Warriors get it done. And now we're going to move right in to the Tommy Two Cent Two Minute Rant. All righty then, Tommy Two Centers. You know what time it is? Is it the Tommy Two Cent Two Minute Rant? Not a second, not a minute over. Let's get right into it. Thank the Loho. That Game of Thrones is over. So I don't have to keep hearing about it. I don't have to keep seeing on Twitter, my Snapchats, and my Insta stories. Nanya. No more, man. No more dragon fire breathing things that don't goddamn happen man stick to the real shit i hear a lot of people complaining about how the season ended the season you know wasn't as detailed the characters weren't developed yada 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 the last episode aired this last sunday and that a lot of people were disappointed in how it ended yeah it ain't the office motherfuckers it ain't gonna end like that okay uh, the office and it is how every show should end man no cliffhangers no reruns no nothing it's the end it's the finale no one bitched about it but ah uh, thank the lord the game of thrones is happy to see you later no more and that is a tommy two cent two minute rant and before we get out of here this is a short and tasteful tuesday Tommy Two Cent Podcast coming at you live. But let's pour one out for Rodney Hood getting swept by the Warriors for the third year in a row on three different teams. He's an unrestricted for agent December 2. Somebody get this man out of the Western Conference so he can get some damn sleep. Don't be Rodney Hood. Make sure we all have a great week. Watch the playoffs. Women's uh, World Cup soccer coming up. I'm pumped, especially with the NBA ending and that we have a full month of soccer to cheer for because no one's going to watch summer baseball, I'll tell you that much. Even though we're kind of, we need to get it October until we have to flip on the TV for the old baseball. And then, you know, the NFL's coming soon. We got spring balls ending. Just watched my boy Derek Fontenot about Eastern Oregon this past weekend. Laying the hammer. Don't be the nail. Always be the hammer. Like we always like to say here, thanks for listening. However you may be listening, we appreciate you over here at Tommy's Two Cents Podcast. Let's have a thrilling Tuesday. And Tommy Two Cents signing off.